The greatest act of courage. The greatest act of courage is to be and own all that you are. Own all that you are without apology. Without apology. Without excuses. Without excuses. And without any mask to cover the truth. Cover the truth of who you truly are. Who you truly are. Cover the truth of who you truly are. Uh, welcome everybody to Meet the Walkers. This is our first podcast. Uh, we are not the Fockers. So <laughs> let's just get that out of the way first. It always. Um, as the patriarch and reigning, um, <laughs> rule maker of the family, I will go first. <laughs> no, no rebuttals on that? Okay, all right. Uh, my parents are converts. Uh, they joined just after I was born. Uh, my father joined about a year after my mother. I was named after the two missionaries that baptized my father, Elder Thornton and Elder Combs. You guys didn't know you guys didn't that? I didn't know that. I never liked the name Combs. I was like, what? Why Combs? Dad has three last names. Yeah. So, Elder Thornton, Elder Combs. That's so cool. Um, I'm the oldest of five children. We were all raised in the gospel and given a testimony of the gospel and Jesus Christ. I struggled from the age of 10 on with following the commandments set forth by the LDS Church. I discovered masturbation and my world completely changed. I felt I was dirty all the time. I kept it a secret, as it was next to killing someone. I returned to that secret often, very, very often. From that, I was led to many other dark secrets. I hope to have the courage to share them with you at some time. At the age of 12, I didn't know what to do. I felt so alone and so evil and so cankered. I decided to confess to my mother. I needed the love and help that only a mother could give. We cried and cried. I told her everything, like Chunk confessing to the Fratellis. Maybe. Chunk. (laughs) The last thing I told her was the most heinous thing I did. The sin next to murder. She hugged me, and in a short time, I was introduced to the bishop. I confessed all over again to a man I didn't know. He loved me and handled me with care. We met weekly and talked about my life choices thus far. Week after week... I had to tell him I did something that was so close to killing someone that it started to wear on me. I couldn't take the feeling of being a failure anymore. Eventually, I tried to take my life and was sent to live with my grandparents at the age of 14. They lived on a farm in the middle of nowhere, Montana. It was a wonderful two years where I was able to heal a little. I still had to meet with my new bishop, but I eventually just started lying to him because it was easier. I became calloused to the sin next to murder and from there to many other sins. I moved back to live with an LDS family who lived a short distance from my family at the age of 16. That next year, I was introduced to small-town living. The parties and drinking were the most fun I had ever had in my life. The next four years were full of sex, drugs, and rock and roll. (laughs) I went down and down and down into a pit I was certain I would never recover from where the other teenagers in my life were just living the life they knew I was creating my own personal hell on earth because I knew I was living a life full of sin. I eventually did something so horrendous for the second time, I might add, but this time with the knowledge of what I was doing, that I couldn't come back from it. I wrestled for a few months and eventually went to my current bishop and confessed. I was essentially told to get out of his office. I would be excommunicated and I was to turn myself into the authorities, or he would. I served two years in prison, where I was able to reflect on my life and choices up to this point. I found Jesus in prison, which was my desire and reason for confessing. I had determined that I was not going to return to my old life. I was released in the spring of 1998, and from that day forward, I dedicated my next couple of years to becoming rebaptized. I met a wonderful LDS woman, who accepted me and all of my past. Two and a half years later, I was rebaptized, and a year after that was sealed to my wife and two current children. I was a strong and devout LDS member of the church. I knew the LDS church was the only true church on the face of the earth. I served diligently in my callings for 15 plus years. Then in June of 2016, my brother started sharing things with me from the CES letter. For the first couple weeks, I told him he was an idiot and was reading anti-Mormon propaganda. I eventually decided I needed to read this stuff and help my idiot brother. 
Let me insert here that I was a black and white, through and through Republican, Mormon at this point. As I started my dive into church history, I completely fell apart. The testimony that I thought was built upon the rock turned out to be sand. This last year was the worst year of my life. I'm just wondering, is it, was it all bad? As I reflect back on it, it was, it was really hard at the time, but now it's good because I, I know those things about our church history that I didn't know. And even though it's hard to, to hear those things and it's hard to deal with those things, I'm only a year into this, you know, my faith crisis and already I feel more at peace now than I ever have in my life. And, and I think that's because I'm, I'm realizing that this, this church that I knew was true may not necessarily be there. There may be parts of it. There may be pieces of it. I'm trying to figure that out right now. So the, I think the hardest part is it, it, it tore my, essentially the whole foundation of my life. I mean, I built this mansion that I, that I served two years in prison for, that I had, you know, sacrificed a, a lot of things in my life for to build this mansion out of the, you know, built upon the church. And then my, my mansion fell down and it's in rubble. And then I don't know how I'm, I'm working on rebuilding it. So that's the hard part of me. Yeah. That would have been hard. But when you said that, Hannah went, this year's the hardest year you served two in prison. How can this year be the hardest? <laughs> I know. And, and that's why I said it. Cause it is. The two years in prison sucked. I lost, I lost, you know, my freedom, my rights. But compared to this last year where my whole world, you know, everything that I believe that I based my whole life on is crashing down around me now. And that's what the hard part is. Yeah. I have been able to piece it back together to where I feel at peace in my life. For that, I have to thank the ATF group, the Mormon Stories group, both on uh, Facebook, John Dolin, Dan Witherspoon, and mostly Bill Reel. Which brings us to our very own podcast. As you will find out, we the walkers are quite diverse in our beliefs and journeys. I feel we are not all that unique. That as we share ourselves and take our masks off, many of you will not feel so alone. It is our hope that many will be blessed by hearing our story. May hope shine in your darkness. So any other questions, comments? Did I really serve in prison? I did. Were you a police officer or one? I was the criminal that the police officers were watching. Okay, that. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> that was weird. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff that you're going to find out about, Dad. I've told the other three when they turned about 12. I'm 13. I'm sorry about that one. This <laughs> <laughs> is still going. Were you 14? I was, yeah. Yeah, I was like was 14 or 15. My bad. <laughs> I don't think you know. Um, did you tell I, me or did you tell Maddie first? So, really? You know more, but I told her first. Wait, what? Well, Andy didn't finish the story with you. Yeah, I didn't even know you went to prison. Yeah. Mom told me in the car, I knew you told me everything, and then she was like, I went this time in prison and everything. I was like, what the? Because I was thinking, yeah, okay. <laughs> he was talking about being excommunicated, and then he was like, oh, why not? Okay. Yeah. Okay, and anyway. what that? He wasn't, he wasn't a member of the church for a while. He had to get back first again. I know. <laughs> yeah, it was that. That's a lot of information. Um, I just wanted to say about that, that I, have a wonderful husband. I love him with all my heart. Um, this last year, though, as hard as it's been, a wonderful man has become even more wonderful. He's a better husband and father, and I'm just really grateful. I have changed a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. And, 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 and that's what, you know, for the next time we're podcast, those are the things I want to talk about, is how we've changed over this Especially this last year, how we've grown or how, you know, the hardships and go into more detail and stuff. You want to go next, Mom? Yeah. No other, no other questions or comments about this? Well, Me? Mine? But I was asked you why you couldn't live at home. Why you were living with another family and why you had to live with grandma. <coughs> Didn't you just not want to? Yeah. I hated my family. And that's hard to say because they were wonderful parents. They did the best they could with what they knew and... It was me and my attitude. I didn't want to live by their rules. 
And looking back now, I I mean, it's why we don't do that with you, Hannah. Yeah. Because I see you in in the way I was back then. And I feel that if we tried to force you to live under our our rules, um, that you would you wouldn't do it and you'd eventually say F off and walk out the door. That's what I did. Yeah. Relationship's more important. Yeah. You're you're more important than and, and, and it's not that we're letting you just do whatever you want. We talk, you know, we make sure that you're safe, that you're, you know, you're aware of the things that you're doing. And, and those are things that I hope to go into <laughs> later podcasts, which it'll all be up to you. Don't give me the stink eye or the crazy eye. I'm not even looking at you. So that's why I went to live with my grandparents. <laughs> I, I just didn't want to live with my parents. Okay, that makes sense. And then I lived with the other family for the year. Kind of, that's how my parents tricked me into coming back. Okay. And then the next year after that, I was back home again. Okay, um, well, I'm Brenda. I'm the mom to this crazy cr- clan. You know, I had a good childhood. Um, I had a wonderful family. Grew up in the church. Uh, very active. We weren't, you know, the greatest, like many, many families at always having prayer and family home evening. But I went to seminary and, you know... Was very active and grew up in Utah, which is significant to me in my story. Um, but I have three brothers, and you know I was spoiled and with attention, and had a good good childhood. Um, in my teenage years, I just realized I was started to disagree and question. Uh, probably around age sixteen, and it didn't start out with anything big. I think it was just minor things that I just started to question and disagree with. Um, the first memory I have of truly disagreeing with my upbringing was in high school when the AIDS crisis got really big in the 80s, because I'm old. Um, I don't know if you guys even know, but the AIDS crisis became a, a very big deal. It was in the news all the time, and uh, everyone was afraid because they didn't know how it was transmitted for sure, and we... It was a way for the adults in our lives to drive home the don't have sex and the law of chastity because we, everyone was really afraid. But I, I didn't, I don't remember ever buying into the fear and the hype of it. Um, because I, I always research. If I, you know, have a question about something, I, I actually get in there and find some, some truth to the story. And I knew that it was only a sexually transmitted disease. Um, there was still question about the saliva and stuff like that, but so I didn't have any fear. I was more sad for those who were going through it. It fueled in Utah, it fueled the fire of people condemning the gay community. It became a very, very big deal to condemn the LGBT community because they are, that's how it was transmitted. You know, that, that was where it was hitting were gay men and, you know, the drug dealer users and stuff as well but and I didn't I did not like that I did not like what I was seeing with um, it giving people an excuse to be hateful and I realized that I truly disagreed with the church I was brought up in and my parents in the state of Utah and I just remember thinking in high school and not vocalizing it because I knew it was um, not the popular opinion but I remember thinking we should not be able to tell anybody who to love there's, there shouldn't, that shouldn't be a thing. We have no right. Who, who are they to say that they can't love who they want to love? I didn't vocalize that. I was afraid because I didn't know anybody else who felt the way I did. And I probably felt bad for disagreeing. I don't remember feeling bad, but I just knew that I, I just wasn't up for fighting. My, my family didn't fight about politics. I don't remember that either. I think I just, I didn't have a very much confidence growing up. So I think I just didn't have a voice. I didn't have the confidence to speak up and defend my feelings, especially when I knew I was um, in the minority. So your family was a Republican, yeah, yeah, blooded, yeah, very conservative. But like I said, we didn't argue about anything. But they were probably. I mean, my brothers still to this day will make comments about liberals. You know, they probably did make those kind of comments, but I don't remember anything specific. But there must have been something. And I take responsibility for not speaking up. I'm not blaming them. 
I definitely, for some reason or many reasons, felt like I needed to keep that under wraps <laughs> and just keep my head down. Um, and, but then I went to college. I went up to Weber State University and I took a sociology class that made me feel like for maybe a semester that maybe I wanted to be a social worker and realized very quickly that I knew my personality was, I wouldn't be able to handle that. Seeing, seeing firsthand all, all the suffering, but the class itself made me see how unfairly people are treated and how the system is broken and truly to gain a disdain and a dislike for people who sit on a pedestal and look down on those who are suffering and don't seem to care. It was then that I started to realize, hey, um, politically, I I don't agree with, you know, because the, the LGBT thing was more of a social thing. <laughs> and, but I, because of this course, I realized that, hey, politically, I, I don't agree either. And, but I didn't really know that meant I was still finding myself. I was still, I didn't really realize what it meant until the first presidential election that I was able to vote in. And my, you know, I think my feelings developed over the year, over the years, but it was right before uh, my mission, first presidential election, 1992, that I was able to vote in right before I left, actually, because I left in December and the election would have been obviously November. But um, I voted for Bill Clinton. Ah, jeez. Say <laughs> <laughs> it ain't so. Now, I'm not going to, you know, say he was the best president ever. You know, they all make mistakes. I felt, honestly, I felt like I was sinning when I voted for him. I did not tell anyone that I voted for him. I probably pretended to vote for the, the Republican for Bush. I did not inhale. <laughs> Right. And I don't remember the next election. It was after my mission, and it was 1996. I was graduating. I don't know. I don't remember who I voted. If I, if I thought he fa failed spectacularly and I voted for the other guy, I, I honestly don't remember. But it, the first time I voted for a Democrat was, was very um, significant for me. But still didn't tell anyone all this time. No one, no one, my family did not know of my liberal side. I went on a mission. Brussels, Belgium. Um, my mission was great. Not really, you know, not really any stories from there that I want to tell other than just seeing a broader worldview than of Utah. Um, definitely opened your eyes. But the next significant part of my development was when I came home from my mission and took a job for about a month. I came home kind of sick from my mission and I didn't realize it for a couple months, but I worked for this place that helped homebound or on, you know, people who needed some help health-wise, I would go in and clean something or do their grocery, run their grocery, make a grocery run, just run some chores that they can't, they couldn't do. They were either elderly or, or sick. And I went to this house and the job was clearly, you know, fairly unorganized because I should have been told ahead of time, um, but it was a, the home belonged to, uh, two men. And he, you know, he invited me in and he asked, you know, did they tell you that this is an HIV house? And I was like, no, I, no, I didn't know. And, and he's like, oh, are you okay? I'm like, of course I'm okay. <laughs> you know, and he's like, I'm like, what, what do you need? And he kind of got emotional and he told me that his partner was in the hospital. And what he really wanted was the bathroom cleaned really, really well. And so he gave me gloves. I didn't, they didn't even tell me to bring gloves, and I was like, I don't think I need these. Please just, just wear them. And, um, so I wore gloves, but cleaned their bathroom really well and talked to them a little bit more. And then a couple weeks later, I was <coughs> sent back to their house, and he met me at the door telling me that he meant to uh, cancel the services because his partner had died, and he didn't feel like they deserved it anymore. And I stood on the porch with this man, and I cried with him. And I hugged him. It was then that I I knew I supported rights of gay people. And they are just people who just want to love who they want to love. And no one should have any say in who they love. So that story has stuck with me, even through marrying into a very conservative family and moving to a pretty conservative city in Iowa, which is fairly liberal, but there are some pretty conservative places and very conservative church members. And for the next um, 10, 
years. I still didn't talk about it. My husband knew, like he said, he knew I was liberal, but he didn't know the extent to which I was, and we didn't talk about it much. I didn't want to fight. He, we, we've gone past this. We've <laughs> talked about it and, and mended old feelings, but it was hard to sit and listen to his family, his brothers especially, and their comments and their, what I would say, um, close-minded and yeah. um, I don't, you guys didn't mean to be hateful. You didn't. But and it was just, it was really hard not to say anything and I, there were about two years that I probably tried to conform and believe that you were right but deep down I, you know, any any time there was an, um, any kind of advancement in gay rights, I would, I would inside be cheering <laughs> And, um, I just didn't have, I didn't have a voice. I wasn't brave enough. And I, and back at that time, it wasn't personal to me. I tried, I failed several times, but I tried to show anyone I came across that I accepted and loved them. Uh, there's a student that I would like to talk to someday and apologize for, for a situation, but, <laughs> and there was lots with the church too that I, you know, I didn't, I, really hated the history with black people. And I remember on my mission being asked the question, why weren't blacks allowed to have the priesthood? And I knew the answer I'd been told was the valiant in the pre-existence kind of thing. And I absolutely refused to answer it that way. And because I did not believe it and I did not like that it happened. And I, again, it was just the people, anyone suffering and anyone marginalized and, and, kept down. I was very opposed to. But it took until my sweet oldest daughter became braver than I ever was. At about 14, started speaking out against the same things that I saw when she was, when I was that age. And she was brave enough to have a voice. And I was in awe of that. And so proud of her. The next couple of years were tough. You know, there were fights with her and I, and then me taking her side without really being against her father. But debates, <laughs> debates, and heated <laughs> discussions, and things that I had I had avoided all my life. So within the last year, I I've really had to learn how to find my voice and how to moderate that voice to where I speak out, but I don't get, I don't get angry, which I'm still really bad at because I have a lot of anger about things that I'll get into in a minute, <laughs> but it makes, it makes me angry. The, the way the church is, I know I feel racist and very anti LGBT and I don't like it. And it's kind of hard sometimes to be part of that to count myself in that membership trying to learn how to use my voice so this is kind of scary yeah. <laughs> as far as the last year um, the stuff that's bothering my husband the historical stuff doesn't seem to bother me as bad I think I knew enough that I had, and I had already disagreed so much with the prophets on the first presidency with the blacks and the gay issue that I I hadn't put they were already off the pedestal for me I didn't have them. I didn't feel like they were all-knowing and never made mistakes because I felt like they'd already made mistakes. So these things that are bothering him don't bother me as much, even though it is a lot of it is very disturbing. <laughs> I don't know. I kind of got... That's kind of where I was going to stop as far as me because the last year is more of a family story. Any questions to stop for Mama? Mm -hmm. When you found out that Maddie, Maddie was gay, um, <laughs> were you excited to like, have... Was I excited? Yeah. She's like to have, like, think you were almost curing for gay people. <laughs> she was scared out of her mind that I was going to throw Maddie I, out. I was very, very... That was very scary. Um, so do you want to tell them what I said? Is that part of your thing? I didn't include it in there. I was like, I could talk about that another time. But... <laughs> <laughs> That's a whole, I mean, that's a whole story of the backstory. Um, excited, I, I was, I wouldn't say excited only because as much as I was an ally and I supported that, it's still a scary world for an LGBT person, Q plus person, you know, it's, it's scary. It was so excited 
I don't think that's the right word. Excited to get another piece of Maddie and maybe why you were so unhappy. <laughs> I can't believe that you married me. <laughs> I mean, 17 years later, I find out. I mean, I knew, but I didn't know how deep. I didn't know how deep all that ran. And, it, and I don't. It shocks me. I, 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 just as I took responsibility for it with my family, I will, I take responsibility for it with you. I should have been more open and I should have been braver, more brave. Um, sad that I wasn't. I mean, you were hot and all, but I don't think I could have married you. <laughs> just kidding. Anything else for mom? I mean, how do you guys feel that a woman's brain is smaller than a man's brain? This is how we used to be all the time. And then I would fight every day. We had a planned out debate. I planned for this debate for like weeks and we went to Red Robin and I yeah. picked it. And I nailed you. No, a, I didn't hear me. your keister all over the place. Some of the smartest people on the planet yeah. have small brains. <clears throat> Smaller what? brains than their cerebral cortex yeah. is mostly filled with. So, with. That, was that the beginning of you speaking up, mm-hmm. do you think? Because except it was no, because I was sick of it by that point. I was was, like, "Come on, can you not just stop being stupid for one second? It was less. (laughs) That was me for like four years. (laughs) It was less organized because instead of like debates, they would like fight at dinner, Mm -hmm. and I feel like they started like debating because then they could call it that instead of fighting, and then it was like less yelling. Well, speaking of Hannah, what are you? Go ahead. Well. My name is Hannah K. Walker. I'm 17 years old, so I'm an upcoming senior in high school. I don't like it very much. <laughs> I mean, my favorite color is yellow, like the sunrise. Um, some things about me are that I like to challenge what is presented to me, and I think that I'm very passionate about what I believe in. I believe in just, I think, general equality. I, as my parents said, I went through a really big phase of um, challenging the church and of speaking. I was very outspoken for a a while for three or four years and I still am I think I still believe in all of the same things but I'm kind of I'm more at peace now and now everyone else around me like my dad and my mom and my (laughs) uncle are all doing what I did years ago um so I still believe in all of the same things that they do so it's cool that now I can talk about it with them um I'm a very liberal person I'm a feminist I started a club called Voices for Equality when I was a freshman in high school with my friend Emma um it's just an activism club is that group still going yeah it is it's is it growing or is it? It's not growing any bigger because people don't really like us that much, but we are expanding. We do lots of fundraisers. We've raised like $500 for the Global Refugee Center, or we've done two, oh. on, two separate $500 fundraisers. Something like that. We work with them a lot. So I don't really believe in the church at all anymore. I've been thinking about my existence in a very literal sense lately, which has caused me to doubt the existence of a higher power. I wouldn't say that I'm an atheist. It's just that I never really got to doubt anything before. I doubted lots of things, I always have, but I only recently in the past year have really distanced myself from the church and thought to myself that, hey, maybe this isn't true. Because it's always been like, okay, the church is true, but I can question this, or but I don't like this. But once I sat down and I was like, it could just be wrong. Like, it could. I'm not saying that it is, but it could. I don't know, we just don't really know, and that's scary to me. And that's why, I mean, I don't think... I. I kind of think about religion a lot, but I don't. I don't think about religion. I just think about what's happening around me. And that makes me feel more calm than religion ever did. Um, it stressed me out. It made me feel bad about myself. I started cutting myself when I was 13, and I did for a while. And you feel like a lot of that was the the church living up to... It was just people making me feel really bad about myself. Everybody, the church, dad. Sorry. I accept that. I was that way. I don't care about you now. You can cut yourself all you want. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Did that come out wrong? Did that come out wrong? <laughs> he was joking. <laughs> I have a girlfriend named Caspi. We've been dating... Wait, you're a lesbian? <laughs> when I told him, I, I came home and I said, Dad, I have a new love interest. And he was like, is it that girl you brought home last night? And I was like, yeah. And he was like, Cool. I didn't know you were that gay. And then he said something like, she's pretty, or something like that. And I was like, yeah, I know. But I never really came out to my family. Maddie came out a year before me, so she took all the... the she thought she was going to be kicked out and all that, and I was just chilling. 
and then I can watch everybody and nobody really cares. So I love that. I love that you were coming out was not a big deal. I, I know. I hope I, you weren't just dis- disappointed, but I was like, no, literally, cool. no one cared at all. And I like it because it doesn't feel like a big deal to me. Sometimes I think about the fact that people want to tell me that the love that I have with Cassidy is wrong, and that just makes me. I don't understand that in the slightest bit because I. I'm in love. I'm very in love with her. And people try to tell me that that's wrong. I don't understand. And it, I just don't understand that. Um, I've always known I'm bisexual. So I, I've had boyfriends before. I like guys too. I've always known that I like girls too. We like Cassidy. (laughs) Cassidy was there the first time that I ever came out to anybody. It was at Cindy Winnicky's house. She was, she was my best friend at the time. Um, and Cassidy is friends with Bailey and, I don't remember what I said, but then Raina said something like, Hannah, are you bi? And I was like, yeah, I think so. <laughs> and then she was there, and I had a crush on her back then, and I think that I always kind of thought that we were going to get together. So right. I'm glad that we did. I'm very passionate about music. I love singing. I always have. I really like jazz. It's my favorite music to sing or to just be a part of, especially vocal jazz. Um, I love performing of all sorts. I also do plays and musicals. I really enjoy acting, and I've been in eight shows and done tech for two shows. Questions you think for Hannah? So did you, like, always know you Well, I remember in, like, second grade, I don't know if you remember this, but I was like, Mom, what if I'm gay? I was like, I'm not saying I am, but I was like, what if I am? That would suck. And I started crying because I remember, I don't know, I was looking at a girl at lunch, and then I was like, because it was when everybody started talking about gay people, and I was like, oh no, what if I'm one of them? And then I was like, girls are really pretty. And then I was like, <gasps> so I told you and I cried about it for so long. I remember sitting at the coffee table crying. I was like, what if I'm gay? And you were like, you're not, it's okay. And I was like, is that what I said? <laughs> yeah, you were like, honey, you'd know. You'd like, you wouldn't be asking me. And I was like, oh. okay. At second grade though. Or I think you said I wasn't, I don't know. I, I don't remember, honestly. <laughs> but I didn't freak out on us. No, you were just like, what the heck? <laughs> I was like, <laughs> <laughs> How do you feel about the transition our family's going through this last year? I think it's cool. I like you guys more now. <laughs> I always loved you guys a lot, but you guys are cooler now. I'm just kidding. Sorry, that's something wrong. I don't know. I like it because um, it's good to have a family that's open-minded. And I'm not saying you guys weren't before because you were about some things. I knew that. I always knew that my love. I think I always knew throughout everything. Sometimes I was scared, but I knew that the relationship that we had with each other was always more important. Even before you guys told me that. But as, as soon as you guys figured that out, like last year when yeah. I started doing, like disagreeing with the church and doing different things, I was like, it's okay. Because I think I knew and I was like, I hope that they're just going to tell me that they love me and that's all that matters. And then you did. And I was like, wow, that's <clears throat> what I needed. Because I, I don't know. I hope. I know. It's kind of <laughs> I just try to I just try to imagine going through the last year without the transition that we've made especially <laughs> you can say it <laughs> especially with you honey <laughs> but in home, I mean both of us we've we've changed a lot it's not just you but just try to imagine the changes that needed to happen in order to maintain our relationships and the love we have for each other I I'm just ungrateful. Yeah. Hey, Hannah, what are your plans for the future? Not cool. <laughs> Not cool. <laughs> edit that part out. I'm gonna edit it. Love you. I'm really not. No, 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 no. Anything else for Hannah? <laughs> Hannah. <laughs> that was uh, Maddie. Not that I care, but that wasn't me. We will go to you now. My uh, name is Madison Walker. I mostly go by Maddie, though. I'm the second child in this family. I'm 16 years old, and I'm going into 11th grade. I was homeschooled for most of 10th grade, but I'm planning on going back next year. We lived in Iowa for most of my childhood, and we moved here to Colorado when I was 12. I miss Iowa, but I'm incredibly happy here. When we moved here is when I got into the arts. I'm in choir and drama. I have been in some school productions, and I'm actually part of one right now. Do you, are you mad that we moved to Iowa? Colorado? Colorado. At first, like, I wasn't even mad. I was just sad after, like, a year. I'm still like, oh, I miss Iowa, but I was like, this place is a lot cooler. No, I love Iowa. <laughs> that was sarcasm. <laughs> no, I, 
I just didn't want to hurt anyone's feelings. Um, because you were all mad. You hated Mom and I's guts. I just want y'all to remember that. Oh, I remember. Oh, yeah. Okay. Right. I was because um, I really I to make a weapon. Can I oh, remind you all? Oh my gosh! She tried to make a weapon to kill me with, and now she's flipping me off. What, were you sharpening it with a knife? Yeah, I don't know why I didn't just use well, it. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what was it? She's sharpening a stick with a knife to kill him. I don't know why I just didn't use the knife. <laughs> Kevin, you didn't realize that. <laughs> I, I never even tried to kill you guys. There would have been lots of steps in me realizing that I didn't kill you. Give me uh, more credit. Okay, wow. Well, I stopped going to church a while back just because I felt unwanted and honestly a little bit hurt by some things that they were saying or things that they weren't saying we found out later. And I made a couple bullet points to get me to to get to know me more in depth. When I was a child, around three-ish, um, I was sexually assaulted. I only just started remembering this recently, which is because I think, I'm not sure, my brain blocked it off to protect me. I think that that's also why I don't have a very good memory. But I'm working on remembering it so that I can come to terms with it and eventually have it not affect me as much. That might be the root cause of my depression, but I'm pretty screwed up, so it could be anything, really. I've been depressed for as long as I can remember, but again, I do have a bad memory. <laughs> um, <laughs> I do remember being happy, but not as much as I remember being sad. That's kind of how my brain works, the bad overpowering the good. I'm trying to work on that, too. Anyways, I do remember it getting worse around fourth grade. Not really bad things, just things that made me feel really sad as a fourth grader, like hiding and feeling unwanted or unimportant when no one noticed that I was gone. Then it kept going downhill and not as little anymore as I started fifth grade. I still hid, but this time in the bathroom to sort of self-harm. I started cutting in sixth grade and burning in ninth grade. My family locked up all the things that I could dangerously hurt myself with, but understand that self-harming helps me in a way, so I do still cut, but I'm getting better. I started cutting because, well, many things, but one big reason was that I was getting bullied. This was the second year in a row, actually, but this time it was worse. Although, the first year was actually my friends doing it, but they weren't, I don't think they were doing it on purpose, just unintentional mental abuse. But the second year was very intentional. They were cruel, not too bad, but still cruel, rarely physical stuff. And if it was, it was just shoulder bumping in the hall or even more rarely trips. It was mainly just harsh glares and harsher words. I'm probably making it seem much worse than it really was for me, at least. It was my best friend got it much worse, unfortunately. Um, She's actually the one who introduced me to cutting unintentionally, of course. She wasn't like, this is cutting, but it was more along the lines of I was noticing her scars and realizing that that was actually a thing that I could do. And so if I just, like, unintentionally introduce cutting to someone in there, please don't. <laughs> please. It's so addicting and so harmful to you. All I have left to say about middle school is that it sucked. So, if anything, <laughs> anything, if anyone's in middle school right now, I wish you luck. Thanks. <laughs> Freshman year was uh, something. Wait, I, meant, I meant to ask Hannah, and I forgot. But now that you've started cutting oh. again, what what is it about cutting? What is it? How does it help, or how does it seem to help, or whatever? I kind of gave up doing this for after a while, but I thought that too, and I was really interested in like why self harming helped, and like why like I don't know doing this sort of stuff for depression this sort of thing for something else like why that happened and why it helped or why it was addicting and one thing that I saw about cutting was that it released endorphins how do you say that word? Just like when like to uh, when you stress like you go running to uh, release those and just stuff like that and so it was that, that sense of just like relieving something Mm -hmm. And that's how it was at, at first for me, at least. And then, like, once I started, like, hating myself, then it was another thing of I liked to see the scars. I liked to have a reminder that, like, I'm hurting and that that was the cause of it. You know? But I don't know. It's, I don't know if it's different for everyone. Why well, it's always for me. But 
That's what it was for me. I like to visually see the hatred that I had for myself on my body. Yeah. I like to just like to look down and remember. I would. I don't know. Sometimes they meant something, and I'd be like, "You're literally so dumb," and that's what that scar was yeah. saying. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And yeah. So I don't know if it's like that for everyone, or that's why it's addicting for everyone. That's just something that I read when I looked it up, and just how I'm feeling. Hopefully, that's not. This isn't too personal, but that that's the same thing I use masturbation for. Mm-hmm. Is the stress and and I, I don't know. It was it was almost like I was punishing myself. Yeah. For. Because I was almost killing somebody. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, freshman year was certainly something. I'm not quite positive, but I think it may have been worse than middle school. <laughs> Ninth grade is when self-harming got really serious and my depression also got very serious. Um, basically, everyone, everything went downhill real quick. Um, I know I just said that I wasn't going to go into middle school, but this is relevant. One reason that middle school sucked so much was because my friends and I fought a lot. And we got into one big fight the last day of 8th grade. And so, going into ninth grade, I didn't have any friends. Because I got in a huge fight with them. So, it was like a, yeah. So, for the first, I don't know, month or two, I think... I don't know. I ate lunch in the bathroom for most of the time. But as the school year went on, <laughs> yeah, that happened a lot. But it's, it's not like a bad thing. No, like, it's it's fine. Fine. It's it's fine. Fine. It wasn't bad. You'd be fine to sit on the toilet and eat your lunch. It's cool. Yeah. <laughs> as the school year went on, though, didn't eat lunch in the bathroom anymore. Especially once I got um, into my first show, I made a bunch of theater friends. The best kinds of friends, actually. True. And band, band friends. Yep. And choir friends, you know. Did you roll your eyes, Hannah, with the band friends? Maybe at university, but they say band friends are one of the best kind of friends. I hate kids. Those guys are the worst. (laughs) 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 Although a lot of good things came out um, from that show, Uh, something bad did too. Costume I had for the show fit really good, especially it fit my character, but when I tried it on a second time, it didn't fit as good. And I felt embarrassed about it, and I didn't want to ask for help to get a new costume that fit better and have to explain that it didn't fit anymore. Because, I don't know, I just, I was embarrassed by it. So I didn't ask anyone for help, and I took care of it myself. I stopped eating, and when I did eat, I didn't let it sit in my stomach for that long. I don't want to say that I had anorexia or bulimia, because I don't think I was actually that bad. But again, with this, please don't do that. It's harmful and very addicting to the point that I still have problems with my body. It's not fun. Please don't do that. Another reason why freshman year sucked was because I realized more along the lines of comes came to terms with that I'm bisexual. Not the fact that I am bisexual, but the fact that I had to hide that I was bisexual. I always sort of unsure about my sexuality, but I ignored it and denied my feelings because I was taught that those feelings aren't good. But then I met a really pretty girl, and I was like, oh no, I like girls. So I finally admitted to myself that I was bisexual, but then I realized that I had to admit it to others, which wasn't fun for me. But once I actually came out, everything was fine. Everyone was so accepting and loving and just amazing, and I'm really grateful. Freshman year ended finally. And all that stuff was behind me, but for some reason I was still really sad. Actually more sad than I had ever been. So I decided after a while that on June 6th I was going to kill myself. But on the night of June 4th I crashed for some reason really hard. My dad tried to talk to me for quite a while before driving us home. I went inside still crying and was heading downstairs to my room, but my dad pulled me upstairs and took me to his and my mom's bedroom where my mom was sitting. She looked shocked and scared as I entered crying and I flopped down on the bed. My dad followed close and I think what I remember the first thing that he said was we're taking her to the hospital. I was planning on going to a concert type thing the next day so I panicked. I started protesting and he said something along the lines of Tell me you weren't thinking of killing yourself tonight. And I said, thinking honesty would be on my side. <laughs> Fine. I was planning on killing myself on Monday, but not tonight. Can I still go tomorrow? 
that wrong about the honesty thing. <laughs> and <laughs> that just made them even more sure that they wanted to take me to the hospital that night. We talked until about midnight uh, about it, and then around midnight um, is when we left to go to the hospital. So by the time I got there, I was admitted to the hospital June 5th. So tomorrow is my anniversary of me going to the hospital. It was there that I was diagnosed with bipolar 2. The hospital was really good experience for me and really helped, especially that now I'm on the right meds, um, so it doesn't mess everything up. Um, Are you still mad at us that you concert? I mean, not mad, just like, I don't know, frustrated? Still? <laughs> yeah, because oh, I really wanted man. to go. <laughs> but then... <laughs> Are we forgiven at least? Or? Yes. Okay. Because okay. I, I got to see it because the, the thing was uploaded on YouTube, mm. so I got to watch it. I didn't get to see it live, but it was still like a, hey, that's what happened. I didn't miss that much. I was all on right meds and everything, so everything was looking up. And sophomore year. Freshman year was much more worse than sophomore year, but it still sucked. School was really overwhelming me, and there was a bunch of drama with my friends. And it started going downhill again, which scared everyone, including me. So... Eventually, we figured that school was the root reason why I was going downhill again, so pulled me out of school and started me with homeschool. And ever since then, everything has looked up. I'm doing much better, and I'm much happier than I've been in a long time. Um, <laughs> which friends were the ones that were bullying you, or the unintentional bullying you? Oh, um, I was fifth grade. I don't know. I don't want to like, call them out or anything. Yeah, it's not your name. So. Um... Not a Anything else for Maddie? Anyone? We sure love you and are glad you're here with us still. I think there's so much more to talk about within the last year and a half that it will get into it more yeah. in depth down the road. But yeah, now that it's personal, I think is why we're speaking up and we're definite allies and advocates and because it's, it's personal now and part of the reason that you wanted to go yourself was because of the church and the, and the policy and the, mm-hmm. the exclusion you felt and the, and the hatred you felt and, and that's the that's the root cause of my anger and my problem at the church right now but we, I don't know, we could go into that later I suppose obviously just more of your coming out story anything else? on to Kali Hi, I'm Carly Walker. I'm the second to What's your middle name? Noelle. What's it stand for? <laughs> How'd you get your middle name? My parents hate me. Oh, oh okay, okay. Wait, Sorry, we, we can talk about that later. It's cool. Go ahead. <laughs> Isn't that a Christmas name? Christmas <laughs> name? <laughs> Who asks you that? Everyone has called me. like, what's your middle name? And I'm like, it's Noelle. And they're like, Isn't that a Christmas name? Do you say yes? And I was conceived on Christmas Eve. No, because well, you actually people don't like to get. That's what we. That's what we think. That's why she has a middle name Noel. Really? <laughs> I didn't know this. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> Your middle name was almost Cornfield. <laughs> <laughs> Except you're not for sure on that. I'm an accident. No. <laughs> You're not an accident. Oh yeah, sure. No, I was working very hard to get you. There. Oh yeah, sure. <laughs> oh, sometimes we have to edit all of that out because that was all really funny. <laughs> Don't yeah. edit the cornfield. Yeah, part. we'll edit that out for sure. For sure. Anyways. <laughs> so Noel, go ahead. Continue. Christmas name. Go ahead. <laughs> Um, I'm the second to youngest, slash the youngest of three girls. My life was turned upside down at the age of 12. It would have happened anyways. Um, it was just sped up a little bit, you know? Well, it's okay. I'm better than I was before because of everything that happened. I vividly remember how scary and sad it was to get woken up at precisely 12.02. I remember. I remember when I was woken up. And get told that my sister is going to a mental hospital for wanting to kill herself. So I, I fully support everything that my family is. And we're not perfect, but we're good for us. Um, my sisters 
apparently used to pick on me all the time. I don't remember all the times, but listening to all the stories. <sighs> I'm so sorry. I don't I don't remember all of the um, stories and times, but listening to them is um, really super fun and funny. I'm proud that my sisters are bisexual. Like I'm not hiding it from anyone. April 18th, 2017, so this year, I kind of just crashed. I haven't been well, so that's not really easy to deal with. I feel personally that I have a very, like, weird point of view with everything, just of, like, the place that I'm in and everything. I care about most everyone, and I try and understand why people do what they do. It's hard sometimes to not get, like, too involved. I get very passionate about a lot of things because I feel like people need to hear me about that. I couldn't live without music, like, kind of the rest of my family, you know? I also don't like talking about myself. It kind of makes me feel, like, self-centered. So this isn't exactly easy. Um, opening up to people was never really my thing either. So that also makes this hard. I disagree with a lot of things in my church, but I also want to stay and be a part of it. My family says that I'm split in the middle, and I kind of have to learn to accept that. I've gone through a lot of phases in the past year and a half. I was emo for a while. You were? Yeah. yeah. Wow. Asterisk, you always denied it. I knew it. <laughs> asterisk shutter, asterisk XD. I you. love me. I'm super excited to start doing these podcasts. I'm sarcastical all the time now, at least. And I try to be funny a lot of the time, and it doesn't work, so I'm just left with the awkward silence that I've created, because everyone is like, what? So, me, before a year and a half ago, ago was kind of when I found out that Maddie had depression. I was asked to, like, share about that, too. I don't really remember too much, but the first scar, I, not scar, cut I saw on Maddie's arm was two-ish, maybe, years ago, and I didn't really, like, take it in too far. It was when we were cleaning... The, a dance place, and like, it was in the car. And I was like, Maddie, what's that? And she showed me, and she was like, oh, yeah. I remember that. You showed her? I panicked so bad, because everyone was coming out of the dance studio. We were alone in the car. She was like, what is that? I was like, shh, shut up. Oh, my gosh. Um, what? <clears throat> it said, I hate me, or myself. Yeah. Me, either way. Um, and I... I remember that I wasn't going to say anything, because she asked me not to. And then I still wonder if I would have said something if you didn't notice. Because that's just something that I've always thought about. Um, Wait, so what? What? You did say something, or you didn't say I anything? I didn't say anything. Oh. Mom, Mom saw it later, and she like, <coughs> made up her bandage on it. Um, you know, I was a lot more innocent than I am now. Definitely, like, a lot. I was, like, hardcore Mormon. And I was relaxed more, I think. Like, I don't think I worried as much. I was always really um, emotional. And I think it's because I've always thought that everyone hates me. And yeah. so that's why I was emotional. It's because when someone would make fun of me, I thought they were being serious. And I kind of still do. I'm trying to... I'm, I'm trying to get better at that. I'm, I don't know, so we come out. Not good. Not good? I'm not, I haven't been since April. No. What happened in April? I don't know. I just, I just got like really, really sad. And I have, I stopped writing poems for a while. I write a lot of poems, that's one of my hobbies, and I stopped writing them for a while, just because, you know, I was happy, I felt good, I didn't need to write them. And then on April 18th, everything, everything just came pouring back. It's like I shut myself off, and then I started feeling again then, and it wasn't exactly happy. You definitely did, after you were, you were my brave little soldier, with the hospitalization and everything, Made sure I was okay, and I think I think you and I both tried to ignore ourselves and make sure everybody else was okay. And then we both kind of fell apart this year. I wasn't expecting to share this much. It was very vivid, not, not vague at the beginning, and then I kept writing all these side notes down. <laughs> <laughs> Everything. <laughs> you have any questions? Oh, that's it.
have a... Less life to cover. <laughs> <laughs> Got a comment for you and Zach. I'm... I don't know why this makes me so emotional. <laughs> I'm really, really sorry that you guys had to grow up so fast. Okay. <laughs> you need to be sorry, dude. I'm glad that I'm not, like, no offense, all of my classmates. Just because... Zach, at age eight, had to understand what self-harm was, and that I couldn't have scissors or anything sharp. And... <laughs> 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 Look <laughs> he's Oblivious in his own little world. I love you, Zach. It hasn't been easy. Let's, let's, not, let's not pretend. <laughs> but no one, no one blames anybody. Unless you talk about me not getting you help earlier, then yes, I blame myself. Wow, so you can't but. cheat like that, bro. <laughs> That's cheating. Stop it. Don't do that. I definitely feel over this last year that we've just grown so much closer. I think we're closer, but we didn't spend any time together. I know, it's nice. <laughs> <laughs> That's why we like each other more, because we don't have to hang out all the time. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So when we do see Hannah, it's like, oh! Yeah, you guys like like me and miss me because I'm never here. If I was here all the time, you'd be like, get out of my face. <laughs> you would, because you do. When I get clingy, you guys are mean to me. What? I know, Girlfriend, right? sure. <laughs> Anything else for Carly? Will you eventually, in the future, share some poems? And stuff? <gasps> oh, sure. Maddie, cool. too. Turn that around on me. Hannah too. No, Hannah too. I don't write bones. Yeah. Zachary's turn. Hi, I am Zach. I I'm nine and I am youngest. Uh, I am the cutest kid in family. Oh, that's true. That's true. Did you write that by yourself? You said nothing. Oh. I like to play soccer, basketball, football. Not tackle. Pokemon Go, basketball, Mario games, on Wii U, and I like to play on the computer. What's your What's your favorite Pokemon? <gasps> you can't ask him. Pikachu. Poopy, 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 choopy. What is his name? Pikachu. Oh right, right, my bad. Pikachu. Pikachu. What else, Zach? Anything else? Do you feel like you're having to grow up fast? <clears throat> Why? Why do you feel like you you have to answer? Nobody can see your head shaking. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. You don't, you feel like you're growing up fast, but you don't know why you're growing up fast. Oh, all right. How do you feel about your family? You like us? He hates us. What do you think? What do you think about being the youngest? Yeah. Terrible. What about being the only boy? <laughs> oh, it's horrible. He has four moms. And everybody yells at you, huh? I'm Ooh, I can look up the button. Jeez, <laughs> you all, you're the person that always yells at me. <laughs> no, man, that's me. I'm not trying to fight over this podcast, but all you ever do is yell at me. It's true. I think he likes you best. Do, do you like me best, Zach? <laughs> you can't point at Hmm. He nodded. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what up, Zach? Mm. What do you? How do you feel about church? Good. Good. It's fun. That's good. It's good. Fun. It's kind of boring. You still like going? You make it sound like yeah. Have sense. you noticed a difference in yep. the last it's little the while about church? No? Well, it's just the corner Anybody have any more questions for Zach? Zach, do you love me? Yeah. Do you believe you're the cutest kid in the family? Mm-hmm. Good. Because you're adorable. Whoa. One. What do you think about your sisters being gay? Yeah. Eh. 
does that mean? Do you care? No. What? You do care? Yeah. Care? Why do you care? For something what? I don't want to tell. For something you don't want to tell? Why don't you want to talk about it? Yeah. You need to take your mask off. I want. Oh, okay. Will you talk about it later maybe? No. Never? Yeah. Okay. You did? Oh, and you told me too. Can I tell them? Tell me, tell me. Ooh, that's a big booger. <laughs> Look away. <laughs> I didn't see it. Whisper in my ear. Okay, well, that is new information. I know. Oh, that's right. What is it? Oh. He doesn't like significant others in general. I see. Right? You don't like them to have boyfriends and girlfriends because they take, they suck paying attention to you. And they're gone all the time. Cassidy's dumb. I hate her. She's gonna listen to this. She's so excited. She wanted me oh. to put it, she wanted me to take, she could have heard the, phone out the sarcasm in my voice. On silent. Oh my gosh. She wanted to hear <laughs> She loves you guys. <laughs> so we her love so her too. I was no. being sarcastic. We do love cats. Except when she comes and takes you away, and then when she's big, fat, dumb, dumb head. <laughs> I keep thinking that we're live, and I'm like, oh no. <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay, anything? Uh, one thing I loved out of That's your. Out of That's Carly's, what I, I forgot, out of Carly's podcast, where she says, we're not perfect, but we're good enough for us. Or, but we're good for us. I was like, that is beautiful. We're not perfect, but we're good for us. What do you say? That's why you don't like other people? Because we're not perfect? Because they take them away. Ah. <laughs> Taking them away. Okay. Just wait. Just wait until you have a girlfriend or a boyfriend. Yeah, you are the only one at home. Because everyone else will be old enough and be gone, and you'll be the only one home, and then you'll be gone all the time, and I'll be sad because and mom and dad here. will cry and they'll make you I feel bad. Come, I will still live with you in college, mom. <laughs> so, so, do we have any kind of like an outro? No, like an outro. Yeah. Anyways, thank you guys so much for watching this episode. If you liked it, stay tuned for our perspectives on Oh, good night, New York, and. Hi folks, all right. I don't know, you don't think, you don't think some kind of, thanks for listening. We love you guys. You can send us hate mail, it's fine. No, please don't. Sure. Thanks for listening and. My email is. My email is. We'll, we'll, we'll be doing more podcasts in the future. Yeah. I think so. Our perspective on. Many gospel topics and we're hoping hoping to do at least one a month and we'll see where it goes from there. Ooh, one a week. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, bro. Can I have that? Yeah. Also, I wrote this right story. Nice. Okay. That's it. What? Do what? Without all the go. Blah, 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 wait, do wait, I we're listening. Do what? I'm gonna talk. Just keep your mouth shut. Oh, like right now? As as we're leaving? <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna do the outro. Oh, okay. If you will. I was like, do you wanna do the outro? Do you wanna do the outro? I don't wanna do the outro, no. Don't. No. Okay. Well, um thanks for tuning in with us. Um this has been fun. Um and we will be having uh, more podcasts in the future, and we hope that you will join with us. And yogurt, uh, <laughs> yogurt. <laughs> <laughs> All right, signing off. <laughs> and may the odds be ever on your face. May the, may the light shine in your darkness. Yeah. What, what was it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I thought it was may hope, hope shine, shine in your darkness. darkness. Ah, that's what it was. And may the hope shine in your darkness. The greatest act of courage. The greatest act of courage.
and own all that you are. Own all that you are without apology, without apology, without excuses, without excuses, without any mask to cover the truth, cover the truth of who you truly are, who you truly are. Cover the truth of 